The Start On Demand. demand. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, today is a special day. The Beyond the Build Radiothon for Habitat for Humanity, presented by K-Tech Earth Movers. And GMAC, you're with us for a couple hours, and you're going to take a little drive, and then you're going to rejoin us on location. That's right, 1466 Templeton Avenue. That is the build site. I'm going to head out there and join back up with you around 9 o'clock. I'll have a couple of guests to speak with about the power of Habitat for Humanity. One of our guests will be uh, the mother in the family of four who have a Habitat home. They've had one since 2013. We'll find out how that's changed their life, and we'll also introduce you just after 9 o'clock to a gentleman who was on a bicycle on behalf of Habitat for Humanity last weekend, how much money was raised, how much money is going towards these projects and uh, how you can help out. It's going to be a very special day today as Manitobans, as we know, Loren will step up in a big way. Oh, I certainly hope so. They've got a big goal for this Radiothon, guys. You know, they're looking for $200,000, which would be enough money to build one new Habitat home for a family in need. But of course, they have 12 homes under construction in this year, and that's helping like just dozens of people. It's crazy how many people it's working to to get just a roof over their heads. And over the years, we've heard the stories I know about the difference Habitat makes in the lives of so many Manitobans. It's not just the the idea of having that space of your own. There's been families who've had four kids in a two-bedroom apartment. I remember speaking to a mom one year who was just excited at, at the idea of maybe having room for a table so her family could sit down and eat together because there was never enough space for that. They were always crammed in, moving from location to location. The little things sometimes that we all take for granted that make up a home is what today is all about. So here's hoping Manitoban step up, rise up. Let's put a roof over these this family's heads and uh, carry on, Brett. $200,000. It's going until 6 p.m. So there are a few ways for you to donate. You can call 204 929 2220. That's 929 2220 or toll free at 1 855 233 3339. That's 855 233 3339. You can also text a donation. You can text the word habitat to pound 20222 to donate $25. That's the word habitat to pound 20222 for a $25 donation. Or you can go online to donate at habitat.mb.ca where there is also a 50 50 draw. And I can't, is Manitoba the, 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 universal capital of the 50-50 draw. Oh, Greg's kind of going, yeah. yeah. Alberta's pretty good at it, too. I've been at some uh, Edmonton, well, uh, football club games where the 50-50 was up over a million bucks. Oh. And uh, Calgary Flames, their 50-50 over the years has gotten pretty large as well. We're pretty good at it. it might we're pretty even good at the meat here. shoulder. I think it's the meat shoulder we're good at. <laughs> the meat draw, the or meat the shoulder. Meat draw. I have girlfriends, like friends who come back from, you know, where they live now in Ontario back to Minnedosa or whatever, and they get really the excited about a Friday night meat draw. They're like, oh, we got to hit up the Legion for a Friday night meat draw. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really? That's what we think we're, okay, all right, I'm in. I like I like a meat draw. Don't turn your back on the meat draw. That's a, that's a big win. Yeah, anybody I know who's gotten in on the meat draw gets super <laughs> excited about the meat draw. I wouldn't, if I were to ever win a meat draw. What I, would you do? I don't know what I would do with it. Would I would he, would he even fit in my apartment freezer? 
Greg's shaking his head. No. I don't think so. You could no. Kijiji that off piece by piece. Yeah, like how much, meat are we, how much meat are we talking in a meat draw? Oh, quite uh, often it's sides of this, shoulders of that. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it could also just be like, you know, a couple roasts or um, pork roast or things like that. I don't know. I don't know if you're getting like a full quarter cow coming home with you, you know? Yeah. If that was the case, though, the only time, the only way it would work is if I wanted it in, say, January. Then I could just hang it. Outside my balcony. <laughs> oh, man. The ladies would love that as you come over. I'd like to step out of my balcony, have a drink. What's that? Just a brisket I'm working on for next week. Well, we're not going outside for a drink if it's minus <laughs> yeah, you're 30. Right. You're right. I'm just between the, watching a movie on the couch and pieces of chunks of meat uh, just swinging in the wind on the balcony. Breath. I don't know. I think there's something on your balcony. <laughs> ah, that's just a shoulder of beef. <laughs> All right, so much to discuss today on the Beyond the Build Radiothon for Habitat for Humanity presented by K-Tech. But we're also at 645. We have a pair of tickets, one more pair of tickets for the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra's presentation of Bluegrass Symphony featuring the new sounds at the Centennial Concert Hall. The tickets are for this Sunday. And we're going to talk about names because yesterday we were all sort of caught off guard the the vaccines all have new names. Comirnaty. Yeah, really, how do you even pronounce any of these? Comirnaty. Like is Comirnaty. Comirnaty. Nah, is the Pfizer. Sure. <laughs> the, the 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 Moderna one's the easiest one. It's just spike facts. <laughs> uh, but then sounds AstraZeneca, like a superhero. AstraZeneca. I've heard three pronunciations. The one we got uh, from the up highs here was Vaxevria. But I've heard Vaxivria and, like and Vaxivria. And I, that almost makes the most sense. Uh, that seems to roll off the tongue the best. Vaxivria. But uh, why is this happening? Why do they need to have these names? And, and who sat and like, is this like a who got paid? You know, they're sitting there like spitball. Like, just throw everything at me. What do you got? We're going to do a whiteboard. We're going to do a like, just give me the names. What do you got? Spike facts. I like it. You know, more like, than one person. Just remember, more <laughs> than one person put their stamp of approval on these names. Reminder that you can donate for the Beyond the Build Radiothon for Habitat for Humanity presented by KTEC by calling 204-929-2220. Toll free one 333 Mac, there's also an option for you to donate by text. It's super easy to do, and in fact, that's the way I'm going to go about this. All you need to do is text the word HABITAT, H-A-B-I-T-A-T, to pound 20222, HABITAT, to pound 20222, and that donates $25 straight to Habitat for Humanity, and that'll show up on your phone bill. Easy peasy pudding and pie. The website is habitat.mb.ca. There's also a 50-50 draw there. And Loren, what was the goal for today? The goal for the day is $200,000. That money would go towards a home for a family in need. And that's the difference your support makes. They have 12 homes under construction for 2021. Here's another number. They have built 445 homes for families over the years, including 1,300 kids. So you're not just getting, you know, a, a deserving mom or dad or, or into this house. It's the children that are going to grow up differently. And we've heard stories about kids who grew up and then went on to um, talk about the fact that just getting that home, getting that stability was the reason why they settled down in school or settled down in sports or went on to get scholarships or go to university. The, the long list of 
ramifications of not having that home versus having that stable place to lay your head is huge. And so please donate. Great cause. They're looking for $200,000. Let's get them there. And we're excited as well to be on location at 1466 Templeton Avenue. Greg will be there just after 9 o'clock. It's the first time in a long time that we've done anything on site, and that's because things are going pretty good in Manitoba as it pertains to the pandemic. However, out west, things are a little different. On Wednesday, Alberta, for example, announced its third public health emergency of the pandemic. Public health officials and Premier Jason Kenney announced there was going to be a dramatic shift in how that province was going to battle COVID-19. And last night, it was Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe's turn to announce his province is also at a tipping point. The evidence from the data that we have seen is quite clear. As a province and as a government, we have been very patient, possibly too patient. The time for patience is now over. The choice to not get vaccinated is not just affecting you. It is now seriously impacting those who did do the right thing. And it is now seriously impacting those who cannot get vaccinated, our children. And it is prolonging the pandemic for everyone. The choice to not get vaccinated is creating consequences for others. And I would say very soon, it is going to create consequences for those who have made the decision to remain unvaccinated. So that's Premier Scott Moe just talking about the decision to change the way they're kind of doing things there. He has said the most effective tool against COVID-19 is the vaccine. So for those who continue to choose not to be vaccinated, there's going to be consequences in that province, including not being allowed access to public buildings. He's previously said he was against vaccine passports, but as Global's Emily Olson explains, Premier Scott Moe of Saskatchewan has had to change his tune. The Premier said he has grown impatient, waiting for the remaining 30% of our population to be vaccinated, and he's been forced to act. Effective Friday, masks will be required in all indoor spaces. Brand new is proof of a vaccine or negative test requirement that will apply to indoor venues such as restaurants, theaters, gyms and sports centers beginning October 1st. Excluded from the vaccine or test requirements are retail stores, places of worship, business workplaces and private events such as weddings and funerals. Mo says the current spike in cases is comparable to previous critical levels, but the solution is now in the hands of those who still have not gotten both shots. In the weeks ahead, we could very well exceed those previous peaks experienced during uh, those previous waves that we had experienced, placing tremendous pressure on our, on our health care system. But unlike previous waves, this wave of the pandemic is being driven almost entirely by one group, the unvaccinated. Details on the province's QR code vaccine proof program are expected to come out in the coming days. Saskatchewan's chief medical health officer going one step further, recommending people avoid large public gatherings, but not issuing a mandate, saying now is the time to limit your close contacts and stay close to home. Especially if you're unvaccinated, I think this is not the time to go to that birthday party, to go to that family gathering. Also coming October 1st, all provincial government employees will need to show proof of vaccination or a negative test. More details on testing is expected in the coming days. Even though the new mandates are different than those announced in Alberta, the messaging is the same. The responsibility for getting out of the fourth wave rests on the shoulders of the unvaccinated.
Yesterday, uh, some of our discussion here on the start was around COVID-19 public health orders, uh, touched on the frustration we did uh, with you and uh, amongst ourselves on the frustration of those who are following those orders and those who have been double-vaxxed. Premier Mo put it this way. The vast majority of Saskatchewan people have done the right thing and they are growing tired of the reckless decision of the unvaccinated that is now driving our fourth wave. And Saskatchewan won't wait for you as we continue to move forward. Pretty powerful words from someone, uh, Loren, who was, you know, like Alberta, a lot of the same decisions in Saskatchewan as were made in Alberta. This is a massive, massive shift in tone for the Premier of Saskatchewan. I'm trying to find the most current vaccination rates right now uh, for Saskatchewan, but they're in the 60% zone. They're far below Manitoba, so that's a concern. And and again, with their hospitalization, 75% of the people who have been hospitalized in Saskatchewan were not fully vaccinated. So they're in a situation, and we just said uh, days ago that Saskatchewan would have to follow suit from Manitoba from Alberta, what they announced just a few days ago. There are doctors in Saskatchewan. Here's here's a shift in thinking. There are doctors in Saskatchewan that says they need to follow the Manitoba model. Oh, boy. Was it not so long ago that Manitoba, you know, Manitobas were crying, why aren't we doing what other provinces are doing? Well, now those west of us are looking east to Manitoba and saying, yep, let's do that. So it remains to be seen how this will go over there, but it's happening. And when you look at the ICU numbers in Manitoba, Greg, I think it was yesterday I saw this on uh, Brittany Greenslade's Twitter pointing out that everybody who's in the ICU, and the numbers are down in the ICU, but now all who are in the ICU have not been vaccinated at all. There are 12 people being treated for COVID-19 in ICUs in Manitoba. Five active cases. Think about that. Single digits. Five active cases of COVID-19 inpatients in the ICU uh, down dramatically. And so you can't help but, at least I couldn't help but wonder if Alberta is looking at Manitoba and going, boy, um, we might need to take up some of that capacity based on what's going on here. Kelvin Gertzen, the uh, acting premier of Manitoba, the premier of Manitoba currently was asked yesterday if he'd heard from Alberta. He says he has not yet heard from Jason Kenney, the premier of Alberta, about the possibility or the option of sending uh, COVID-19, the strain system in Alberta, looking for help, Loren. <clears throat> Excuse me. I almost sneezed. I'm, I've got some <laughs> allergy issues. Loren, how have your allergies been the last oh, couple of days? Terrible. In fact, for the last couple of weeks, every morning when I wake up, I feel stuffed up. I got that itchy nose feeling going on and my eyes are watery and so yeah okay I'm all hopped up <laughs> are you hepped up on the goop oh, balls hepped up and hooped up on the hopped up <laughs> hippity hop all right so you can weigh in on the saskatchewan swerve at 204-780-6868 Mackling, McGarry, McNabb, reminder that it is the Beyond the Build Radiothon today for Habitat for Humanity, presented by K-Tech Earth Movers, and you can go to habitat.mb.ca for all the information on how you can donate. We're going until 6 o'clock. Greg will be on location just after 9, looking to push our way towards $200,000. So Manitoba, let's go. But right now, we want to talk about names, because yesterday... 
we learned that since Health Canada approved the finally approved the vaccines, that also comes with the approval of the uh, the brand names that uh, these vaccines have been given. And uh, the Pfizer vaccine is now Comirnaty. And Pfizer uh, says the the name represents a combination of the terms COVID-19, mRNA, community, and immunity. Uh, (laughs) Exactly. Comirnaty. Ridiculous. Dumb. Uh, Moderna went with Spikevax. I I, I feel like somebody chugged a Red Bull before they did that, you know, and then crushed a can on their forehead and like, spike facts. I, I think they consulted Marvel on that one. <laughs> totally sounds like a superhero. And then AstraZeneca, their name is v- Vaxevria. And uh, this now every time I hear that, this song comes into my head. <laughs> so now I just... Every, when you're near. Exactly. Vaxevria, when you're near. Yeah. So anyway, that got us thinking about names. Fun with names. Names you can never remember. Names you always screw up. Names uh, that ways people have gotten your names wrong. Tell us a story about names for a chance to win two tickets for the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra's presentation of Bluegrass Symphony this weekend at the concert hall. Loren, why don't we start with you because uh, I can't tell you how many times you've been called Lauren on our show. Well, that's what I was going to just go with. And I get it. There's different pronunciations for all sorts of people's names, but there'll be many occasions, either on air or in person over the phone. Hi, it's Loren or Loren here. Yeah, no, just Loren. And then three times later, it's still Lauren. And that's super, super frustrating. But, you know, it makes you really aware that you need to get people's names right because I, sometimes it bugs me and sometimes I just, I don't care. But I, when I first started out in this industry, I had a, a colleague who would put in the prompter my name, L apostrophe R-E-N, just so he wouldn't say Lauren, like Loren. It does, I'm just going to put an apostrophe in this. And I was like, all right, do it. Like, no big deal. Put an apostrophe in. But I don't know. Sometimes it annoys me. Sometimes it annoys other people more than it bugs me. Like, I've had friends take up the cause on my behalf. The worst I ever got called, and you know how you leave names, like your your name and voicemail. Like, just give me a shout back. It's Loren. Here's my number. I got a call back not long ago where someone said, hi, I'm looking for Florence. (laughs) I was like, it's Loren here. Oh, you called such as a get. That's me. Oh, I thought your name was Florence. And I was like, wow, I like, do I, I really must enunciate better because that was way off the table. Loren, in all defense of that person, they may have been reading voice to text because you know how you can get your voicemails translated. So it's Siri's fault. (laughs) Jeff Braun. Well, uh, McNabb, you'll appreciate this. I've got good friends, and they have a teenager named Lauren, and it was never an issue for me, and then I didn't see them for two years because of the pandemic, and I saw them this summer, and I kept calling Lauren, Loren. Yes, You've driven it into my head that there is no more Lauren. It's only Loren, (laughs) and uh, apologies to all the Laurens out in the world. I will be saying your name incorrectly for the rest of time. Uh, and, what, and what was the name of the tennis player, Jeff? Vera Zvonareva? I think so. I, I, I never really got a handle on that name. It was terrible. <laughs> uh, there's years and years back, Jeff had to read the name Vera Zvonareva, and he practiced it, and uh, then got on the air and booted it. And we've all done that, especially with sports, and especially with tennis. Tennis was always the bane of my existence in sports casts. Uh, Cam Poitras. Uh, well, it's, I started off in my life as Cameron, and everybody referred to me as Cameron except for my buddy Luke and my gra- and my and my papa. They called me Cam, and then it's it's funny because as I've kind of 
grown older, I've kind of just became Cam. And like to my new family, I'm Cam. And to everybody else that's sort of around me now, I'm Cam. And when people find find out that I've been going on, it's like everyone in my family like that I've grown up with or my, or my first friends um, that I, I've known forever, they all called me Cam. There's like this very concerned situation like, oh, do you prefer Cameron or Cam? And I've never cared at all, but I'm starting to think maybe I should start. Maybe I should really start Cameron. What do you want to be? Like, you want to be Cameron? It it would depend on the person just to mess with them. So some people I would say Cam. (laughs) Oh, no, I really prefer Cam. And the other person, I'd say Cameron. Then maybe they would hear something. Says, oh, but he told me that. So oh, and then you'd have people. the thing like, well, if you're not close with him, you can't call him Cam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just and, like uh, that. So yeah. we're not friends. I have to yeah. go with Cameron. <laughs> yeah. So you guys have to refer to me as Cameron now. <laughs> oh, fine. <laughs> I'm right. kidding. I'm you're, kidding. Get out of here, mm-hmm. Mackling. What about you? Well, uh, one of the dads, <laughs> one of the dads at my boys' school for four years, I called him the wrong name, <laughs> and uh, I can't remember what his real name is even now as I speak. <laughs> so I can't apologize on the air. I'd like to. You know who you are. So I'm sorry about that. I had an aunt. My my departed uh, great aunt, Auntie Blanche, called me Craig for the entire 18 <laughs> years that she was alive, that I was alive. I've had Macklin, I've had McLean, Mackerel, I've had all sorts of mail uh, sent to me with completely horrific and wrong spellings of my last name. But the best is the one that Alexander uh, discovered a, a couple of months ago. He goes, Dad, is your credit card always said Gregroy? <laughs> <laughs> I looked. I took a double double check, and instead of Gregory, one of my credit cards says Gregroy. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like O I R E, like Gregory. G R E G R O Y. Instead of G E G R E G O R Y. Gregory. Gregory. Is that even a name? Oh, it is now. Start, we have to start calling it Cameron. We're going with Greg Roy. Greg Roy, I like it. Uh, Greg Roy is going to hit up the town later with Chenandler Bong. So we need you to text us at 204-780-6868. Tell us a story about fun with names, names you get wrong, the way people have gotten your name wrong, names you can't remember, an awkward situation where you couldn't remember someone's name. Like imagine going on a date and you can't remember their name. Ooh. I actually almost found myself in that situation once. Thank you for joining us today on this special day, the Beyond the Build Radiothon for Habitat for Humanity, presented by KTech. And in a moment, Greg's going to tell you how you can donate. But before that, Loren, this is an organization that you've had quite a bit to do with over the years, right? Oh, this is one of my favorite organizations, probably the favorite one in Manitoba, just because of what Habitat for Humanity does and the and the fun that you can really have with them. So they, of course, are working to bring new homes to families that need it. But you can be part of the build, too, as a business or organization or individual. And so I've had the ability to go out and be on the sites a bunch of times, you know, uh, faking my way through construction work and walking around. I like to walk around with a big swagger and my tool belt and hammer a couple nails in and then walk away and look back and go, some nice, nice plywood right there. And then, you know, Carry on. It's a great organization. They're doing wonderful things. <laughs> the goal today, Greg, is to raise $200,000, which would be enough money to build a new habitat home for a family in need. How do we donate? Okay, so we can't do this without you. You can call. This is probably the most popular way to go about it, 204 929 2220-204-929-2220. If you're outside the city of Winnipeg and you'd like a toll-free number, 855-233-3339. 
The easiest way, and this is just my opinion, to donate $25, you send the word Habitat, you text it, H-A-B-I-T-A-T, to pound, 20222, and boom, $25 goes to Habitat, shows up on your phone bill, easy peasy. You can go online to habitat.mb.ca, and while you're there donating, you might also considering clicking on the link to their 50 50 draw that's in progress as well outstanding organization like you said loren and brett uh two hundred thousand dollars that's the goal let's get on it greg will be on location at the build site just after nine o'clock and in the meantime it was three weeks ago the province announced vaccines would be required in certain workplaces and for access to certain activities and services and since then the list uh, has spaces that you might need them has only grown Yeah, so just this week, the city of Winnipeg said it would be making vaccination against COVID-19 a requirement for frontline city staff. And the Louis Riel School Division has put together a draft policy that would require any student participating in school-related extracurricular activities to be vaccinated as well, Lorraine. Yeah, so that requirement does go beyond the public health order that say... The parents of kids 12 and up have to have two doses of the shot for access to any rec facility. That doesn't apply to the kids. But that school division isn't alone, Greg. There are other organizations that have decided that they want to augment the rules and and put a requirement in for teens and not just their parents or guardians. Al Galrillic is with the Winnipeg Renette League and joins us now. Good morning, Al. Good morning, Lauren. So I was taking a look uh, at your website this morning, and you guys have decided the rule will be 14 and up need to be vaccinated or provide a test 72 hours done in advance of any game. Why did you guys decide to take this extra step? The, Lauren, the, the safety and health of, of not only the athletes, the players, the fans, but everyone associated with, and, and quite honestly, not only Ringette, but everyone in the city that goes into an arena is paramount. And we see the destruction that uh, this virus does and can continue to do with possibly the fourth wave. And it's just one way, one more piece of, of the safety puzzle that we put together that we want to do this. It's, it's uh, given everyone a, a long time to uh, comply, comply with uh, uh, what we're saying. Um, we've, we've met several times with the executive of Winnipeg Net League and come up with, with uh, the, our plan. Um, in fact, we've also met with the entire um uh, all the local associations, and they've had some issues where we went back and retooled it based on, on wants and needs of other local associations. And the, the Winnipeg Ringette League is made up of, of 10 local associations from around the city, um, such as, you know, Bonnie Vitell's, uh St. James, North Winnipeg, and so forth. But also uh, Brandon Ringette is also part of uh, the Winnipeg Ringette League. And this is far-reaching, and we need to be safe. We need to get this done the right way. Uh, before any more destruction is done by this uh, virus. Al, what's the reaction been from parents? Uh, Obviously, there's a massive amount of consultation that's gone on here, but what has been the feedback to this point? Well, uh, feedback is, is, uh, I I think, pretty good. I mean, it's uh, um, uh, all in all, uh, people want to get vaccinated. There's, you know, standing in line, as we see over the last month, over the last year, Um, you know, at, at this time, when it comes to numbers, uh, we're we're more than a month away from the start of the season, and we, but, you know, we give way to science to lead the way in, in the dress rooms, in the stands, uh, and on the ice. We understand anyone's uh, reluctance to jump back in the deep end, 
but we want to make that uh, a decision to come back and play this year. If that is what you feel safe doing, that, uh, um, that we're behind it. And right now, like the numbers are slower than average to start, but the numbers are picking up. Um, late last night, I got some updates from local various associations, and the numbers are within a couple of percentage points from two years ago now. So, yeah, people are they're getting the message they want to be part of this. Uh, you know, bring it is the fastest game on ice, and it's called that for a reason. Um, all our players and fans, coaches, management, all love the game, and uh, we want to see this continue in the safest, uh, best way possible. We only have about a minute left here, but Loren, you got time to sneak in one more question. Yeah, I just wanted to know. So the requirement is they have to be vaccinated if over fourteen or provide that test. Who's who's checking this? You know, in rec facilities, there are people who are checking for QR codes for parents, but each team is going to have to assign a person to check this. Al, how does it work? Well, well, what we're doing is like first of all to be very clear, we are not keeping, storing, scanning, or any other form of identification with the QR codes. We are getting each local association to confirm that the player is who they say they are. So, you know, if you if you come to register, then we see that your name is on your QR code, that you're, you have your uh, two and two, as in two vaccines, two weeks. You have a QR code, and we have picture ID that the person on the, on the vaccine card and you are the same person. Then the local association will check, will sign off that says, yes, Lauren McNabb is, uh, is, has the QR code, and that person is good uh, throughout the season. We're not checking every day. We are checking that the players, uh, uh, bench staff um, of each team has a QR code and is two vaccines in two weeks. Al Gowerluck is the with the Winnipeg Ringette League, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Al, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate the time, sir. Thanks for the opportunity, guys. Take care. Mackling McGarry McNabb, we have tickets up for grabs for the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra's presentation of Bluegrass Symphony, featuring the new sounds of the Centennial Concert Hall this weekend. And we're talking about names based on the changes to the names of the vaccines. The Pfizer vaccine is now Comirnaty, Moderna is now SpikeVax, AstraZeneca now Vexivria, and uh, lots of great text messages, including one from Mike. Mike says he worked at Palliser for 20 years. How often does Palliser get called Pallister? Oh. All did, the time. Or the other way, Pallister get called Pallister. Anyway, Mike says he worked at uh, Pallister for 20 years, and the GM got my name wrong for the entire <laughs> time I worked there. My last name is Payment, like a mortgage payment, and he would always say Paymont. Well, then I taught, uh, I taught accounting and personal finance, and I was the treasurer for our... Our association, some of my colleagues would introduce me to other people and laugh when they explained that I was the treasurer. Payment, you know, get it? Uh, People people always ask me how to spell it. Great name. I like it when names match your work. Yes. I think it's just helpful. Did you see Crystal's, uh, Loren? Crystal says (laughs) had been dating this guy for about three months. Went to introduce him to someone. 
Totally blanked on his name, but I could remember his brother's name because we went to school together, so I introduced him as Jeff's brother. What? <laughs> and that relationship ended quickly, LOL. That just happens, though. I can't get over like th- th- how the brain works, that you you just sit there sometimes and you your your mind goes blank, you know? You're looking at them, you're like, I... Whew. And then you have that whole whole other conversation, you know, when you're with someone and you're waiting for your spouse to introduce you, but then you realize he doesn't remember their name either. You got to jump in. Set. Oh, hey, I'm Loren. No offense. But then they don't tell you the name. And you're like, yeah. who is that guy? Sorry, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so keep those texts coming for a chance to win. We'll give away the tickets just after 9.15. And remember, Beyond the Build Radiothon Habitat for Humanity presented by K-Tech. Go to habitat.mb.ca. This Jurassic Park? Well, I gotta wait till he's done. <laughs> I thought it was, but Jeff Braun knows. Jurassic Park. Oh, he's still going. Wow. All right, I I, I gave up at the end. I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot how it went. Hey, nice shot, and that actually that ties in nicely with what we were talking about. Uh, yesterday with the, the woolly mammoths, the scientists that want to bring back the woolly mammoths. So Jeff Braun's here. Couch potatoes time. Loren, the Emmys are on this weekend. Are you excited for Emmys? Do you like award shows? I like the pregame shows, you yeah. know, where they're just ridiculously like, what are you wearing? You're like, no one cares. But then I don't know. No one can afford what you're buying. But then they do a twirl and then someone says something awkward. I like the whole weirdness of that hour. Yeah, the, the pomp and uh, cer- ceremony, as it were. Uh the awards show, I don't, Jeff Braun, I don't know that I'm even going to bother watching the Emmys, but I am yeah. curious to see who is going to emerge. So why don't we start with uh, comedy? Uh, comedy, the nominees are Ted Lasso, Blackish, Cobra Kai, Pen 15, Emily in Paris, Hacks, The Flight Attendant, and The Kaminsky Method. I have almost watched The Kaminsky Method once, but I have not seen any of those shows. But I know you have, Brett. You've seen a couple of them. That's right. I did just start watching Ted Lasso. <laughs> bit of news from the other side of the Atlantic. AFC Richmond announced the hiring of their new manager, American football coach Ted Lasso. You're an American who's now in charge of a football club despite possessing very little knowledge of the game. Oh! I know that AFC Richmond is going to give you everything they got, win or lose. Or tie. Right, y'all do ties here. So this is a show that was born out of a Super Bowl commercial back in 2013. Jason Sudeikis, I think it was a beer commercial. He played an American football coach who was brought over, brought across the pond to manage an English soccer team. It was a hilarious commercial, and it's been turned into a full-blown, a bona fide TV show. I just, well, I've watched now five episodes because I signed up for Apple TV Plus last, last week to watch Come From Away, which was excellent, by the way, Come From Away. Loren, you have watched uh, Ted Lasso, right? Yeah, I'm right caught up, so I now have to wait every Friday for the new episode to come out for season three. I love it. it, and it's so. And I actually also love that I'm now in the space where I can't binge watch it, but watch it once a week because it's like the perfect way to end the week, whether it's been good or bad. It's so uplifting. Every single episode has a moment where you're like, "Oh, that is so sweet," or funny, or stupid. It's hilar- like hilarious, and I will have since 
gone back sometimes and rewatched the episode I just watched a few days ago just for the pick, pick me up. It's it's wonderful for the human soul. Yeah, that's per- the perfect way to say it. We in, and not every show has to be dark. Uh, it, can, it doesn't have to be dark to be good. It's nice to enjoy something that's actually optimistic. On the drama side, Jeff, what do we have there? The nominees are The Boys, Bridgerton, The Crown, The Mandalorian, Lovecraft Country, County, Lovecraft Country, Pose, The Handmaid's Tale, and This Is Us. I have seen The Mandalorian, but again, I have not seen a lot of these uh, these TV shows, Brad. But you've seen a couple of them, I think, eh? Well, and I think you kind of nailed it there when you sort of wasn't sure you weren't sure what the name of the show was because I think that's with these nominations, a lot of people haven't heard of these shows because only one of these shows and it's same in the comedy category blackish is the only network show this is us is the only network show in drama like the boys is on prime bridgerton's on netflix the crown is on netflix mandalorian disney plus lovecraft country was on hbo slash crave canceled Dumb after name, one by season. the way sorry lovecraft yeah, that's a, country that's part of the problem yeah, yeah that that's mean? not a same with Pose, because I'm pretty sure when the first year that was nominated, we were calling it Pose A because we had no idea what that show <laughs> yeah. was. Yeah, I saw commercials for that last <laughs> night when I was watching American Horror Story. It looks pretty good. Um, but, uh, yeah, they might as well have called Lovecraft Country the Rurger on, uh, the like from, girl, yeah. the, from 30 Rock. But uh, The Crown, uh, into its fourth season, is now the favorite to take home this prize, and that would give Netflix its first win in this category. So I think it's going to be Ted Lasso. I think it's going to be The Crown. And then uh, just your quick prediction, Jeff, for the uh, limited series. Of the nominees, Mayor V. Stroud, It May Destroy You, WandaVision, The Queen's Gambit, and The Underground Railroad. I think The Underground Railroad's the best show, but I think The Queen's Gambit's going to win. I think you are correct. So those are Sunday nights, and the Couch Potatoes podcast is available now. We give it a full breakdown on the Emmys. And uh, the show, of course, is on Saturdays at noon, Sundays at 6, right here on 680 CJOB. It is on until 6 p.m. The Radiothon presented by K-Tech Earth Movers. You can make a donation on the phone at 204-929-2220. That's 929-2220. Toll free, 1-855-233-3339. You can donate by texting the word HABITAT to pound 20222 to donate $25 and full details at habitat.mb.ca where there is also a 50-50 draw. The goal is to raise $200,000. That would be enough money to build one new Habitat home for a family in need. Manitoba, let's go. We can do this. Greg Mackling is on his way to the build site at 1466 Templeton and he's going to try to join us just after 8.30. But in the meantime... Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe says the decision of the unvaccinated people is driving the fourth wave of COVID-19. So vaccine mandates are being put in place for some workplaces in that province. And if people there want to go to restaurants or casinos or a concert, the new rule is show proof you've been double dosed or show a negative COVID-19 test, Loren. Yeah, and it's starting today, September 17th. Masks are back on in Saskatchewan. And of course, this announcement comes just after Alberta admitted this week that it had to do more to keep people out of hospital. Now, vaccination rates, Brett, are lower than in those provinces than they are here. But that, of course, doesn't stop people here in Manitoba from asking the question, are we doing enough to keep what's happening in the hospitals west of us from 
happening here? So that's a question we want to put to our guest, infectious disease expert and U of M virologist, Jason Kinderchuk. Hi, Jason. Good morning. Let's talk about the difference in those vaccine rates in Manitoba versus Saskatchewan and Alberta. Are we that far apart? Well, you know, I think certainly every percentage point counts, right? I mean, when we look at Delta, uh, you know, what, what do we understand about it? You know, just going through the calculations yesterday, if you start taking into account the, the overall vaccine effectiveness and you take into account the, uh, the r naught values of the transmissibility of the virus, it's pretty close to, you know, between 90 and 100% coverage that we need. So I think that's the point that we're at is just like we're, we're at that high end where really one or two percentage points can even make a significant difference. What do we need to watch for here in Manitoba? It's going to be the trends, right? So I, you know, and I keep saying that, I think that the, the big thing is obviously test positivity rates. We always want to keep watching. But to me, the bigger story is, listen, we, we have an advantage in that we know where our low vaccine uptake areas are in the province. We've been monitoring that. So we at the very least can look to see whether or not we're seeing changes in trends that, that are different there than they are in, say, Winnipeg or other areas with high coverage. And that's really, I think, what we need to be watching. Are, are we seeing things that are starting to take off in the wrong direction? And what can we do proactively at that point to try and, and curb transmission before it ends up in a lot of hospitalizations? Are we seeing those trends anywhere, Jason, in Manitoba? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. Listen, I, I think that the, the elephant in the room is that, you know, certainly there, there have been trends pointing again that the South has started to show those, those significant increases, right? It, and it's not surprising because we knew that Delta was going to get in. We knew Delta would find those unvaccinated communities. And once it got in, it's very, very hard to, to try and, and get ahead of it. So I think the, the tough part for us is now what can we do? Can we get vaccine uptake uh, higher in those areas? It seems to be increasing, which is good. We've seen a bit of a bump. But now it's going to be a point of can we, you know, can we somehow try and, and get people protected that are in those vulnerable groups where we're seeing hospitalizations. We had uh, some people saying, what about people, uh, Manitobans who went to Saskatchewan to watch the Labor Day Classic? Should should there be concerns about that? Yeah, it's a good question, right? So we get into this question about, okay, well, what, you know, what was the vaccination status? And certainly, you know, what what are we doing here as well in regards to our own protection? So. But the good that you know the good thing that we have is we you know certainly have a high vaccination rate. Mosaic Stadium has certainly had uh, that you know their vaccine uh, mandates they put in. Um, but then when we look at people coming back, we also are back to doing masking. We're also, you know, I think still somewhat conscious that we don't want to be doing what Alberta and Saskatchewan are doing. So from a personal standpoint, it seems people are making good choices. I think we're in good shape. We've got to be cautious. Um, th- this is that time of year when, listen, it's, you know, we've got COVID and flu and RSV and seasonal allergies. Uh, if you have any symptoms at all, you've got to be precautious with them. It feels like Groundhog Day in some ways with these announcements, right? Because we we go, we we push forward, then we crawl, crawl things back, and we push forward and crawl things back. And we've been talking a year about vaccines, well over a year, and of course we've been talking about masks from the beginning. And you know, we had a brief window there where we weren't required to wear them here in Manitoba, but it was a lot longer in Saskatchewan and Alberta, several months. Why do you think is there is it still because there's not? People aren't believing the science behind the mask. Like, what does the science show about the effectiveness? Because that seems to be a big part of the equation here for me. Yeah, listen, I, I, I'm one of the people that when I look at, at the publications that are coming out and, and the ones that are in support of masks, it, it, to me, it's a no brainer, right? We, we, we're seeing something that has a, a positive benefit and it's an additive effect. So I look at that and say, yeah, OK, let's, let's keep being precautious. 
To me, um, you know, when I look at the difference between the provinces, the, with Delta, literally having that change between, you know, uh, you know reintroduction of, uh, of some, you know, containment procedures here and restrictions here, uh, you know, within a couple of weeks, as opposed to leaving things wide open as long as they did in, in Saskatchewan, Alberta, it made a massive, massive difference. So they, they've got a massive hole to get out of, and they are in a very, very precarious situation, unfortunately. Infectious disease expert and University of Manitoba virologist Jason Kinder Chuck joining us live on 680 CJOB. Jason, thank you very much, sir. Always a pleasure. And you can weigh in at 204-780-6868. And in the meantime, before we uh, check traffic and weather here, Loren, you flagged a text from Naren Lee. I've dropped it into our script here. This has to do with names. Tell us a funny story about names and problems with names. Do you see it there? Yeah, so she says, my name is Naren Lee. My entire life, I have heard, hey, Regent, hey, Overpass. (laughs) This, got, this took me a while to get this. I was like, right, Nairn. Nairn. Uh, yes. My own family would spell my name like the street. My father named me, never told me what it means, other than that it, the Lee came from the fact that he had a crush on a Brenda Lee and wanted to marry her when he was a kid, so she became Nairn Lee. <laughs> Nairn. Hey, overpass. Sorry, Nairn. That's kind of funny. I get that would be annoying, but I laughed out loud at that one. <laughs> And we appreciate you sharing that, Naren Lee, because that must be annoying. Because every person who tells that joke probably thinks it's the funniest <laughs> thing, right? Like, I haven't heard that before. Yeah, like when, like to somebody, uh, whenever I hear, oh, well, you got the face for a radio. Oh, 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 oh. I haven't heard that once in 17 years in radio. <laughs> Mackling McGarry and McNabb, before we carry on with the Beyond the Build Radiothon, I just got to mention something here, funny guys. Um, so the I wasn't here Monday for the smile cookie dressing. Greg, uh, Greg, by the way, joins us on location, 1466 Templeton. Hi, Greg. Good morning again, Brett. You decorated the cookies in my absence, and a great job. You, I love how you incorporated the Blue Bombers into the mix. Uh, with a Winnipeg is superior to Saskatchewan, and you can see a picture of Greg's fine artwork on our Instagram page. But the icing has been sitting in the studio ever since. The tubes of icing. <laughs> so I put yes. on I put on Instagram. Did you get desperate? I put on Instagram. I kind of want to eat this icing. Should I do it? <laughs> And uh, the poll so far is over overwhelmingly in favor of yes. Yeah. Well, uh, during the sports ca- during Cam Sports, I left the room and I came back in like three minutes later. The icing population has doubled. It's gone from two tubes to four. <laughs> so somewhere, <laughs> someone in this building <laughs> wants me to eat the icing. So I think I might have to try that. Oh, that's tremendous! <laughs> it's like the the smile cookie equivalent of the whipping cream can. Loren, what do you think? So open up your pork down your gullet. I think you just go for it. And to be honest, like if you ever look at the ingredients in icing, don't, by the way. Don't. Oh, (laughs) that's probably just like it's. You know, there's a lot of stuff in there, man, and I, it's it's hearty. It's hearty stuff. If you don't use it today, save it for next week to mud and tape your walls in your apartment. Oh. That's how good it is. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll use it to re uh, recock the bathtub or something. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, you can you can vote on my poll, by the way, on my Instagram, or you can comment on my Twitter at Brett McGarry. In the meantime, Mister Forte, if you please.
Just got to quickly mention the Radiothon presented by KTEC. Donate at 204-929-2220. Toll free 1-855-233-3339. You can text the word Habitat to pound 20222 to donate $25. Or you can go online to habitat.mb.ca. There is also a 50-50 draw there. We're looking for 200000 today, which would be enough money to build one new Habitat home for a family in need. We can do it. We're going until 6 p.m. And we'll hear much more throughout the days, especially starting after 9 o'clock with GMAC on location at 1466 Templeton. In the meantime, we've got to talk about how Manitoba nurses will be gathering on the steps of the legislature this morning to call on governments to do more to address the national nursing shortage and working conditions. For months now, nurses across this country have been sharing stories of exhaustion and burnout due to the pandemic. And with that burnout, a growing concern that there are just not enough nurses to do their job right, Loren. Yeah, so to talk about this National Day of Action, we want to just let our listeners know that the gathering of the legislature will be small. It's really just a news conference. And to comply with public health orders, nurses say everyone in attendance will be wearing masks. But I think it's safe to say there, there will be no masking the frustration we know they're feeling as this event is one of dozens taking place across Canada in this National Day of Action. Darlene Jackson is the president of the Manitoba Nurses Union and joins us now. Good morning, Darlene. Good morning. So we did hear from nurses just this week, uh, both in Manitoba and elsewhere, who said hospital staff right across this country are leaving their jobs at what's considered an alarming rate. I'm curious if the MNU has any numbers for Winnipeg or Manitoba when it comes to nurses quitting or taking that early retirement because of everything going on. Well, I I don't have any firm numbers for you today, but I can tell you that uh, uh, earlier this month, uh, the COVID ward at St. Boniface Hospital saw seven healthcare workers leave um in nine days um we just did a we just looked at the vacancies in uh, manitoba and for nursing uh positions nursing jobs there's more than 2200 uh vacant positions in manitoba right now and we know it's growing we know nurses are um are choosing to leave the profession so, Darlene, as we look across Canada and we look around North America, there aren't too many jurisdictions that are not in the same situation as Manitoba. So, so how do you fix this uh, in terms of recruitment or getting more people? It, it seems as though it's be an incredibly difficult task. Well, it is, and this is this is a growing pro- problem uh, in Manitoba. Um, our story is. Uh, you know, we've been in a chronic nursing shortage for a very, very long time. Uh, following the transformation and uh, the cuts and closures that happened in Manitoba within the city, we started to really see uh, nurses uh, leaving. We started to see shortages. Uh, and we're now at a point where we're seeing a, a critical nursing shortage. And uh, you're right. It is, uh, it is global. It is across the world. When you look at Places like New York City that are offering, uh, you know, a, a nurse $3,500 a week to come and work in New York City. That's a massive amount of money, and it's incredibly difficult to compete with those, uh, with those offers. So then, on this National Day of Action today, Darlene, what are you asking for? We're just asking for, uh, we're just holding an event to highlight the need for action, the need for not only our government, but the Canadian government, uh, the provincial government, to take, an, to take action on this nursing shortage. 
we are seeing uh, we are seeing huge issues in our public health care system where we are seeing well, there's not enough nurses, there's not enough nurses to keep the beds open. Uh, you know, uh, you can have as many hospital beds as you want, but if you don't have a nurse beside that bed, it's just a bed. And that's what we're finding in Manitoba especially. We have many, many beds, many units that are closed and can't be opened because we don't have the nurses to look after those patients in those beds. Darlene, I have a question about a number you threw out just a few minutes ago. Sorry, I just wanted to clarify. You said there were 2,200 vacancies in nursing right now in Manitoba? Yes. And would those be full or time positions, part-time, casual, hybrid of it all? Because that's a huge number. That would be a full-time, part-time position. You know, and the number's growing daily. And uh, it saddens me when I see nurses who are, uh, they're experienced, they have great skills, they've been in nursing for many, many years, they have, they have amazing knowledge to pass on. But they're saying to me, I can't do this anymore. I cannot keep up this workload. I cannot keep up the pace. I'm choosing to retire, even though I would have stayed in the profession another five years if I was working in a reasonable situation where I wasn't mandated to work 16 hours every shift I go to work. So I'm I'm saying to the government, and I'm calling on our government, you need to retain those nurses. You need to ensure those nurses stay in the system long enough to get new nurses into the system and up and running. So it's not just about new nurses, it's about making sure the ones that are in the system right now, Darlene, are treated in such a way that they do not want to leave. Absolutely, absolutely. And I can tell you what what I'm hearing from nurses is they do not feel valued or respected by this government at all. And I think the government has to acknowledge there's a nursing shortage and we need to start turning that ship around immediately. We don't have time to wait. Darlene Jackson is the president of the Manitoba Nurses Union, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Darlene, thank you very much for the time. Thanks so much. So at 11 o'clock this morning, Darlene Jackson, the president of the Manitoba Nurses Union, will mark the Nurses National Day of Action with a press conference on the front steps of the Manitoba legislature. It is one of dozens of events, Loren, taking place across the country. Yeah, we keep hearing about this, right? And I feel like, I, I, what is the solution? You can't just suddenly churn out... 2200 nurses and is the system part of the problem can the university add more spaces and then if the university adds more spaces and we have more graduates will they stay in manitoba because it's not just here there's the shortage itself it's pretty much everywhere else from the sounds of things so you'll go to the place maybe that pays you the most dollars it's a real i i don't know the answer immediate answer here other than clearly action is required Hey, we got to mention the question of the day at cjob.com for credit aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204-987-6890. It has to do with uh, the mystery lottery. An unclaimed $20 million lottery ticket from August 24th is up for grabs in Manitoba, sold outside of Winnipeg. I spelled Winnipeg wrong. (laughs) We were just talking about spelling mistakes. I spelled Winnipeg wrong on our website. When do you check your... I I got it spelled Winnipeg... So W I N N I E P G. So I guess Winnie is rated PG. I don't know. Anyway, when do you check your tickets? 47% say I don't buy lottery tickets. 24% say ASAP. 18% say within a couple of weeks. And 11% say I sometimes forget for months. That's me. That's where I fall in, G Mac.
Yes, yes, I fall into that as well. And so now I've taken to keeping my lottery tickets in exactly the same place every single time I buy them. And uh, boy, I tell you, when I saw that story, I started to panic because I could see uh, you kind of breaking protocol and, and doing something stupid with the ticket. So, yep. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, Beyond the Build Radiothon, Habitat for Humanity, presented by K-Tech Earth Movers. You can make a donation and get all the information on the various ways you can donate at habitat.mb.ca. And we'll have much more on this, including right after 9. Greg is on location at 1466 Templeton. Uh, is it Templeton Street? Is it Templeton Avenue? It's all in a name, right, GMAC? It's all in a name, and it's Avenue, and the build site is on Templeton, but the access for us is on a residential street in behind, so I've already been yelled at once by uh, Herb, the foreman here, because they didn't have... Yes. <laughs> you remember Herb, Loren? Oh, he's the best. <laughs> he doesn't like me him. already. He'll grow so. on him. Yeah, he'll, he'll, I doubt he that. starts that way. No, that's his thing. Okay. <laughs> I got a big whistle, and I, he pointed to his hard hat. Hey! You need one of these. I'm like, so now I'm hey you. So okay, are you wearing a hard hat right now? No, I didn't have one. That's okay. why I got in trouble. Oh Damn. boy. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So I mentioned it's all in a name because today, for the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra's presentation of Bluegrass Symphony featuring the new sounds at the Centennial Concert Hall, which is this weekend. The tickets we've got two tickets for Sunday's show. It's at two p.m. Uh, we're asking you to. Tell us a story about fun with names. It was inspired by the fact that they yesterday we learned that the vaccines are changing. They're getting brand names. So Pfizer's is going to be Comirnaty, and uh, Moderna's is going to be Spikevax, and AstraZeneca is going to be Vaxivria, um, sung to the tune of Hysteria by Def Leppard. Not officially. That's just I can't. It's, it's always it's stuck in my head like that permanently now. Len says, "My name is Leonard." But I was only called that when my mother was mad at me. So I tell everyone that my name is Len. And then they say, hi, Glenn. I say, no, my name is Len. I always thought that I should tell the people that my name is Leonard because I don't think someone would call me Glennard. <laughs> Although I, I kind of think that Glennard sounds like, like you wouldn't mess with someone named Glennard. So. Aristocratic, perhaps, maybe tough. Who knows? But just a slight that that hard G makes it just a, a bit more aggressive. But hey, Len, great story. Uh, Loren, um, do you see? Well, you you pick, take your pick. Carol and Pete, Cat and Gimli. Yeah. So Carol texted to say, when I started at City Legal Services, my boss, who was often acting director, was very formal, insisted on calling me Mrs. Gojin. Don't know why. I was younger than her. Staff downstairs in procurement would then call her husband Mr. Carroll when they would ever they meet them. It was a very formal department indeed, and it ended up telling my boss that that was my mother-in-law's name, Mrs. Gojin. You know, don't call me that. She says she started with legal services in 2008, so maybe they were just being old-fashioned legal style. I will say on this, the misses that gets added to things when you haven't clarified with anybody what you want to go by, and then people automatically assuming your last name based on what your husband's last name, I do find that frustrating. I will admit, like, I never know when I'm referring to a married woman, do I refer to her as Mrs. or do I refer to her as Miss? I just sort of default to, mm-hmm. to Miss. Uh, because I figured, like, you can't go wrong, although some people might 
take offense to that. I don't know. That would be my preference. I guess everybody has their own. You could ask somebody, right? Like, it doesn't matter to me whether you, what it, what people choose, you know, if you want to be miss, missus, ms, like that's it's irrelevant. But I guess you could just ask. It's just the assumption that sometimes goes, especially in this year, you know, 2021, we're not all taking names or going by missus or doing things the same. That's all. GMAC DC, just Mike's don't... text here. He's, he's a rather I mischievous do. teacher. He is, uh, and just don't call Loren, ma'am. Uh, oh. Mike says, I will, <laughs> I will be subbing this year and will intentionally mispronounce kids' names for fun like the skit <laughs> Penn does. Uh, being a sub has got to be the hardest, one of the hardest jobs in the world because oh, yeah. it's just chaos and anarchy. I don't think my <laughs> class once treated a sub with respect, and uh, I hope kids are better now because we were – just class action fools when the sub uh, would come in. Was that the case for your class, Loren? Yeah, I just think it's so hard because they're coming in. Like, it's like you have this expectation, like, yes, it's a sub. You know, like, we're, like, we're not going to stick to curriculum today. And, and they have a very clear thing they're supposed to do and keep you on track. And then they've got to come in and learn, like, 30 new names within an eight-hour period and then never see you again. Yeah, that's a tough go. McGarry and McNabb, we have two tickets for Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra's presentation of Bluegrass Symphony, featuring the new sounds of the Centennial Concert all this weekend. The show is for Sunday. We're asking you to tell us, text us a story about fun with names, like Cody. And I can relate to this because I used to work in a call center, and Cody says, my name is Cody, and anytime I talk to somebody on the phone, they always get my name wrong. And I usually end up having to spell it for them because they think I said Corey or Colby. Or sometimes Tony. So I would say, I work at the call center, I'd say, hi, my name is Brett. Yeah, hi, Brad. No, it's uh, Brett. Oh, sorry, Brent. It's uh, Brett. Oh, Brat? Oh, so Fred? Yes. I had one guy actually just go say, oh, yeah, hi, John. Um, listen, can you help me? All right. So I just went by the name John for that call. So Cody, thank you for that. That made me laugh. Greg, Dave also had a hilarious one. Yeah, he's, Dave met his wife and was introduced to her dad. My name is Dave, and he called me Brian for numerous years after that. He finally got my first name right, but still struggled with my last name. Fast forward 11 years later, and on our wedding day, he made the checkout to the wrong last name. <laughs> <laughs> we needed him to rewrite a new one and had to spell it out for him. He still struggles today, but it's getting better. Thanks so much for oh that, boy. Dave. I thought that was the winner until I saw this last one that's come in, in the last few minutes here. Holy smokes. Okay, so here is the text. It's from Nathan in brackets. It says, not Jason. Nathan, not Jason says, I have a neighbor down the street that I first introduced myself to about three years ago. My name is Nathan. And I even preface that as I'm texting him. And yet, <laughs> He still calls me Jason. Like He says, hi, my name's Nathan, and the guy still calls him Jason. I have corrected him a few times to no avail. One day, the doorbell rang, and when I went to answer, there was no one there but a case of a coconut beer. I soon after received a text from my neighbor saying, I am so sorry I keep getting your name wrong, Jason. <laughs> At this point, my wife and I cannot stop laughing. He texted me a short time later saying that it just auto-corrected to Jason. I found out a year later it was his wife who was the one that said he needs to buy me a case of beer because it's unacceptable that he keeps calling me Jason instead of Nathan. I told him one day I would share that case of coconut, but with COVID that has, hasn't happened. 
He says, my neighbor's name is Derek, and now I've just started calling him Eric. Um, (laughs) I love it. So Nathan, not Jason, you are our winner. And I was saying to you guys, we had this in our house. Our neighbor's and friend, his name is Rob. But for the first year, we call, we weren't sure if it was Rob or Rod. So I put him in my phone as Robda. Like just, and I would just say it really quickly in hopes of not offending him. And then when we mentioned that to him, he said, that's okay. Like, I, I've been getting your husband's names wrong for years. I thought it was Brian, not Ryan. So there you go. He, he was doing the exact same thing. Nathan, congratulations. The sniffle, <laughs> the sniffle when you say it, and you just go, hi, Rob. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.